Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, you remember when we suddenly could have nice things when the Rays won the American League, the Lightning won the Stanley Cup, the Bucks won the Super Bowl? Yeah, well, say hello to the bad old days. We're back. Doom and gloom. Rick and Tom, as you remember us. Well, Tom, anyway. We're going to tell you what you can really expect from the area's beloved sports teams. Small sample size, too soon. We know what we see. We'll discuss it all with Tom Jones, my former radio partner, longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. You know, maybe I woke up on the wrong side of the world today. I, I don't know what's gotten into me. It, it could have been that uh, just the other night I was watching the Rays get pounded by the Texas Rangers and the Lightning give it up to Nashville and their backup goaltender, Curtis McElhaney. But, Tom, I know what I see. And what I see, if I were a fan, I'd be worried, man. I mean, spring, first of you're spring-loaded for negativity. You you're spring-loaded. We woke up this – both – I'm with you. We woke up this morning. Everything – the food tastes a little more bitter. Yeah. yeah the, the, the air smells a little more sour. It's just uh, – I'm yes. <laughs> Nothing is as good as you think it is. I mean, life is good. We're happy we're alive. Yes. We're breathing, all that. We have jo- – I mean, let's not get too deep in the weeds here. But from a sports perspective, I mean, these – this should be the happiest place on earth, right? I mean, title time, baby, title time, USA, yeah. Champa Bay. We're <laughs> Champa Bay. It's never going to change. We're Champa Bay. Are you going to say that? Doesn't Brady get a, a quarter every time you say that word or phrase or whatever? You know what's funny about that? Um, and I, have we talked about? We ta- this you, I think you mentioned it last week about the Tampa Bay thing. Yeah, right. Where, um, you know, our good friend Dan Patrick had T-shirts. It says Tampa Bay, and then and it said Tampa Bay, and then he got a, a letter from Brady from, from, his the, from con- the lawyers, team of Connecticut lawyers, yeah. <laughs> rained down on him. <laughs> exactly, and the thing is, he hadn't even he hadn't even copywritten it yet yet, <laughs> but he was going to. Like, how does that work exactly? Just tell you stay away from Brady. That's all it is. He's petting his hairless cat, <laughs> calling his lawyers, <laughs> and they're like, "We're on it, Tom. We already saw it. We already are alerted. We're on it." Giselle called us 10 minutes ago. We're Come here, it. Kitty, Dr. Evil. <laughs> um, but yeah, Why? so, but I don't know what it is, but I just, I think I know what I see. Like, and the thing is, I hate to be that guy because you're that guy, but, and you can still be that guy if you want to, but I'm going to agree with you this time because, like, with the Rays, you know, I saw Rich Hill in the opener and he beat the Yankees and he gave up four runs in one inning. And it really wasn't his fault all the way. And he pitched a good game. And, Look, Tyler Glass now, dude, oh, I know. looks like Cy Young yeah. to me, right? Stuff is wicked good. Like, I mean, his stuff is crazy. Struck out 14 the other day. So we'll exempt certain players, okay? I'll exempt Vassy. Like, Vassy's great, right? Vassy and, and, and the Lightning still have one of the best, if not the best record in, in, uh, you know, in their division or whatever. So all this is true. But, Tom, you break it down, man. 
it's first of all, it's it's hard to repeat anything in 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 professional sports because it's hard to win once. But let's just let's just start with the Rays, okay? Right. You can't tell me, no matter what they have or think they have down on the farm, you know these thirty arms that they're going to bring up during the season. There's no way this pitching staff is what is when 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 Yarborough is your number two in the rotation. Okay, and I like the kid. I mean, he he pitches the old-fashioned way, which is to say he doesn't break 90 ever. Right. Even when he drives. Like, he just, you know. Yeah, he's a pitcher, not a thrower. Right. Yeah, he's a pitcher. And he's left-handed, so the ball's always moving, that sort of thing, which is great. Pitches a contact. I like the way he works. He's not a number two starter, Tom. He's not the guy that's going to follow up. It's a nice contrast with Glass now. But then after that, Chris Archer is hurt, and plus it's Chris Archer. Right. You know, um, we we just haven't seen enough from Michael Walker yet. Uh, we you know they got one closer, it's Diego Castillo. I, I don't know the bullpen, and then the bats. I mean they're so st- streaky in a bad way, right? Right. Um, the last few games, you know, they won. They in Glass now they won one to nothing. The next night, they they barely got across another run. So it, it just the Rays to me doesn't feel like last year's race team it doesn't feel like it and you just hit on a minute ago with the pitching other than tyler glass now and and usually yarborough but but basically after glass now is there any pitcher on that and i'm going go through the bullpen and everything particularly with all these guys either on the, the disabled li- or injured list or right uh on their leave list like sheriff is yeah other than tyler glass now is there any guy that when he's on the mind you have complete confidence you know, no, and that's no. so that's that's one problem, and particularly the starting pitching, as you mentioned, Yarborough usually is okay, but then after that, it's a guessing game. You might get a good performance out of Archer, you might not when he's healthy. There are three parts to baseball, right? Pitching, defense, offense. Rick, for the first time in a long time, I think the the two the two worst of those are pitching and defense. This is usually a really good defensive team, too. I have doubts about their defense. You mentioned I saw you tweet the other day. They need a first baseman in the worst way. Oh, my God. I mean, G-Man is okay. G-Man's a decent first baseman, but he's out right now. Right. Um, you know, outfield can, you know, they butcher balls left and right. In the I don't know. I like Brett Phillips a lot in the outfield when he's out there. Kevin Kiermaier, obviously. I mean, the obviously. thing is, I mean, they've got guys. Like, they got dudes, you know, Manuel Margot and, and you know, um, obviously – Austin no, Meadows, Randy Arosa, Arosa. No, let's not go. Austin Meadows. Well, I oh, mean, man. even like Margot blew a ball the other night. The cost. Mar- Margot has butchered him. We've seen Arena butcher him. Um, we saw Meadows butcher two in the same inning. You know, when Archer pitched his first start, it's not good. It's really not good. And the first base is an issue because you forget. You remember, like, who'd have thought? You know, G Man would be the guy you miss right defensively, but. Turns out he's a pretty good first baseman, and he he saved a lot of those throws. Oh, Willie Adamas would have thirty years a year if he didn't have a first baseman. Absolutely, over there. and I like they, Willie Adamas, but I love him. I love the kid, and it, but and he's improved. I mean, he's gotten a little better um, with his throws. But, but he's, he's still, wild thing over there. It's, it's short. He, yeah, it's 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 you hold your breath. And the other day they had a double play where they they gave a long hop over there to to Yoshi, and he still couldn't pick it. <laughs> and it was like, wait a minute. That thing bounced from about the other side of the mound in the air, you know. Like it's not like it was a it was a worm burner. Um, 
he's terrible at first base. He can't play first base. I'm not sure he can play any position. And frankly, he can't hit either. So if this guy's not DFA'd, and I hate to call for people's jobs, but really? Right. Yoshi, really? And I, and this was supposed to be the year he's supposed to bounce back because he was uncomfortable last year, new league, you know, everything, and yeah. COVID. Yeah. I get it. But so far, no. And then there's also, too, Rick, uh, you like to see a little more consistency at the plate out of Brandon Lau. I thought he was, you know, somebody who was. Yeah, he still seems to be in a World Series. Yeah, yeah it feels like that at times. Now, uh, they, look, these guys can snap out at any time. But I don't. Okay. I just gotta. I just, go ahead then. You're yeah. Feel free. <laughs> I, I just get it. I'm Hold with back. you though. I get a. I do get a sense that it's. It doesn't feel quite like last year. Now it's funny. I was listening, and I, I'm sorry. I'm going to butcher the name, but I think it's the guy. He's on the Ringer Podcast Network now. It used to be a guy from New York, John Jastrzemski. I think is. I think that's it. Um, but anyway, he he was actually talking about the Rays the other night, and I and I apologize again if I didn't get his name right. But he was talking about, I was listening to, he has a New York, New York podcast where he just talks New York sports. He's really good. And he was talking the other day about, you know what I'm sick and tired of? I'm sick and tired of how the Yankees keep telling me they're better than the race because they don't prove it. They don't go out there and prove it. You know, Garrett Cole, he goes, and Aaron Boone and all these people, they act, they act, they walk around acting like the Rays get lucky every year. And the fact of the matter is the Rays have owned the Yankees. They have. The, they really have. But this is, you know, they're going to play them a bunch here in the first couple of weeks of the season. The schedule's really, the schedule's tough for everybody. But, I mean, the Rays got a, a tough road. And I think right now they, they're in a stretch. I thought Topkin wrote the other day, like, they play like 36 times in 38 days or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's a really, and, and that hurt. And when you have a pitching staff that's as sort of as dicey as this one is with as many guys on the injured list as this team has, that's not a good situation. But Rick, I, I keep looking at this Yankee team over the long haul and I'm, I'm with, you know, just John Jastrzemski guy until the Yankees prove it. You can't say they're better than the Rays, but I, look, I look at that lineup and I look at that team and I, if the Rays are going to hang in there, they better, they better, they better get going. They can, and it just doesn't feel like it. it. Just there's a vibe about it that I don't like. Well, the thing about the Can thing we about say the Rays, this every year, I don't know. Yeah, no, I picked them to lose. I picked them to lose a hundred games when they when they won uh, like ninety seven. I think I'm not going to pick them to lose a hundred, maybe ninety. But um, no, I it's still five hundred to me. The thing about the thing about the Rays is, and this is undeniable, right? When they get to the point where they have to outslug a team, they're done. You know, like. I mean, the Yankees seem to have injuries, and you know whether it's Judge or Stanton. You know, Lemayhu is their best hitter. He's probably their best all-around player. But they can just go out and buy pitching. They can buy hitters. They can do. You know, they they they're the evil empire. They can do what they want. They can do things the Rays could never imagine, which is keep keeping some of their own prospects like Blake Snow. But you're not going to outslug a, a high payroll a team like that's never going to be the Rays DNA. No matter how good. Austin Meadows or Randy Rosarina gets or, you know, Manuel Margot or, or Lau, you Brandon know, Lau, whatever, yeah. Brandon Lau, like they're just not all going to have that year together. You know, you're not going to say, Hey, this year, I think Lau's going to hit 33 or Meadows is going to hit 40. Like it's just, you're just, if you have to outslug, if the Rays have to outslug teams to win, they're in trouble. Right. So right. that leaves you with their DNA, which is always going to be pitching in defense because it costs less. You know, pitching costs a lot, but when they get to be really good, they get rid of them anyway. So you develop a lot of these arms, and they do. They have more arms, I think, in in their minor league system. It's amazing what they did a year ago. 
what they're attempting to do this year. Um, you know, and they knew it was going to be a big adjustment coming from 60 games to 162, but man, it, it just, I just, they got arms, but I just don't see the quality and the quantity of, of pitching. You know, there was something to be said for a Blake Snell, a Charlie Morton guys that have been there, done that. And now you're kind of relying on some people, you know, look, maybe Brent Honeywell, if he can keep his arm on his shoulders, he has that competitiveness fire and that confidence. Like I've never seen, like he pitched two innings and I'm ready to say, build him up. Let's go. He's the third starter or the second starter. Right. Like he has that much. And he was, he was a superstar in the minor leagues. He just had three or four arm surgeries, but, but sh- short of that, you know, and, and maybe some people they bring up later in the year, I just don't see the, you know, quality of pitching. And I think without it, they're going to struggle. And you're right. The defense hasn't been there. So plus, you know, it's just it's really hard to win. I mean, it's a tough division. Um, what if Baltimore and and teams like the Boston are Toronto? A than Toronto's really thought? good. I think Toronto's got a really good team. And I think most people thought Toronto would be good. They still, I still think it's going to end up, you know, Rays, Yankees, Toronto in some order at the top of that division. But you know what? If Baltimore's knocking off some people and Boston's knocking off some people, you may not get a wild card out of this division. You know, I look, I, and I get what happened. Guys get hurt because you had guys with Tommy John surgery, you know, and Honeywell was hurt and, and McKay got, you know, put back a little bit with, with some arm issues. But, um, I did not expect, if you'd have told me at the end of last season that your rotation is going to include Chris Archer and Rich Hill and Michael Walker, I'm going to be like, what the hell happened here? Like, right, I thought right. they had a, I thought they had a, like a train coming up from the minors with all these. Mm-hmm. stud pitchers and maybe right. they're, they're on their way eventually and they're just caught at a weird time right now. But, right. um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm with you. I, I just got a bad vibe about it. And, and like I said, maybe we say this every year, it feels like every year that we're sitting there doubting the rays. And then we look up in September and they're in a playoff spot. Next thing you know, they're going toe to toe with Garrett Cole in the playoffs or beating the Yankees or beating the Astros or whatever, you know? Well, and the other thing that we have to remember that maybe, you know, I mean, last year when you only played 60 games, every game counted like times three. Right. Right. And this year at the same point, I don't think the Rays record was much different than it was a year ago. And it's even less significant because they are going to play 162. Right. You know, God willing in the Creek don't rise. That's the plan. So these are even less significant losses right so you can't get too crazy about it but i know what i see <laughs> i know we're the only i th- i don't know if we're the only people maybe it's just just a product of watching this team day in and day out you just never feel good about them until the season's over you're like wow they had a heck of a season <laughs> what a ball club i just think i'm prone to negativity I, I think in, in general it's like my wife was like are you really criticizing these guys it's like the fourth game of the year and i yeah yeah i am Look at Meadows just butchered two in right field. You know, I was, <laughs> I was like, he's terrible. I'm sorry. This guy will never play again. Yeah, this guy will never play right field. I mean, what you know, who who thought this guy was an outfielder? Like, look at him. You know, not one but two. So, and then you have your Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's give it up to the Lightning who gave it up to Nashville. Seven goals. Okay. Seven goals. Unlike four Preds. shots. <laughs> unlike unlike eight shots. Right. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they had like that for a while. Yeah, twenty-two shots is all they had. I think they I had mean, like twelve I, through the second period the other night. And they had five, four or five goals or whatever. They did. And if I if I told you that like 
hey, they're only going to get 22 shots in a third. You say, well, okay, maybe they scored three goals. Yeah, right. Seven. Listen, I know McElhaney couldn't play the last time. They brought a poor kid up from the AHL, and he was horrible. I went to that game. But now they put him, Curtis, back in there. Tom, booby. Yeah, no, and I feel bad for the guy because it's hard to get consistency when you're out playing regularly. But overall, this is the job. See, I yeah, hate when you I say that. Can I just tell you? That's the job, okay? You don't, you're not going to play every day. You've got the greatest goaltender in the world in Bassey. We're going to play him most games. You want it? Can you do it or not? I hear you. No, I get it. Well, yeah, I know I get it. It's the oldest excuse in the world. It is, but it's true. It is true. I, I think oh, there's I think there's something to it. Now, I, now there have been many occasions this year when McElhaney has played where I thought his teammates let him down, and I would be furious as a coach and as a backup goalie when when you put a guy in there who's not who you know isn't sharp, right. and you go out there and skate like you're playing, you know, pond hockey. Right, that's an issue. Look, Rick, we've talked about this before, and maybe this will maybe will look stupid come playoff time if they go on another run through the playoffs and start burying teams again. But I watch this team now, and there's just something uneasy about it. There's something I don't like about it. I know Stamkos is out. I know they expect Kucherov to come back at some point. Now they're working Savard into the – I like that trade, I think. Um, didn't work out so well for his first game. No, I'll but, I, but he's a good player. Seven. He, he's he's a, he's yeah. a nice player. They, now they gave up a lot for him. Let's not kid ourselves. But and he's he he could be a rental, or yeah. probably will be a rental. But if it, but if you win a cup or at least come close to win a cup, then it was all worth it, I think. But because your windows now. Um, but you're the guy that's always said. None of this matters. They're just playing. It, it, it won't matter until they get the postseason. Forget about it. like they know they're going to make the playoffs. What? What's the motivation? Right. Is that and a real I, thing? Is that is that like a real thing? Like, what's the motivation? I've seen teams. You're a professional. How about that? I've How seen about it all. Professional I've seen it all, Rick. I've seen teams go into the – I saw a Pittsburgh Penguin team one time back in the early 90s, as good a hockey team as I've ever seen. Mario mm-hmm. Lemieux, Yarmer Yager, all those guys were on that team. And right. they went into the, into the playoffs on a – I don't know, some ridiculous 17-game unbeaten streak or something like that, rolled through the first round of playoffs and then lost to the second in the second round to a team that they should have never lost to. And I've seen other teams go into the playoffs reeling, losing a bunch of games around, looking really inconsistent, and then turn it on and blitz through the playoffs. This And we've seen Lightning both. We saw a Lightning team that set records and won the President's Trophy. And got to the playoffs and got buried by Columbus in four games. And I'm telling you, they could have played the best of 27 games and would have lost that. I don't know if they would they would have won one game the way they got outplayed in that series. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe this is just like they're bored. They know they're going to make the playoffs. They can turn it on. But I know what I see too, Rick. I know I know what it's looking like, and I don't like what it looks like. And you can't convince me otherwise that that. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. They'll, they'll be when you know when it matters. They'll turn it back on again. Maybe they will. But there's something about this team that I don't like right now. Could there be something also like we we kind of expect that Kucherov is going to show up in the postseason, which would be a an enormous boon for them, right? Like you couldn't. Hey, let me take the MVP and and you know at the right time here we'll just plug him in. Now we don't know, you know how he'll play. We don't know the condition he's going to be in. You assume he's still going to be an impactful player, right? Because he's Nikita Kucherov. And by that time he will have skated and gotten himself in some semblance of shape. Um, 
but you know, a year ago you said, Hey, I, I'm not going to get sucked into how well they're playing. It doesn't matter till they get the postseason. They played pretty well all year. I mean, the record would indicate that. And certainly, you know, their goaltender is the best in the world. They got some injuries now. Stamkos is out, something. So is it just nuts to to suggest that they're not the same? Like this just is not it it I just see I, I, I kind of feel like they're going to get in the postseason. They're going to try to ramp it up, and they've been the hunted all year. And there's some really good teams that have gotten better, even in their own division. And they're going to face one of them early on. First, second round bow out doesn't seem unrealistic to me. I just don't know. Rick, when I, I look at the the National Hockey League, this it's not like football where you look at football and we we talk about this often. I can pick five or six teams, and the rest of them don't have a chance. That's right. That's right. You have five or six teams, and I think we could usually say the same thing for the NBA. Yep. Uh, yep. Absolutely. And I think even in well, baseball, even in baseball, baseball but baseball's a little tricky, but not really though, right? I mean, right. like within within a half dozen teams, can you give me the world's? I'll give you. I'll I'll tell you right now. The Dodgers or the Padres are going to be in the World Series, right? Okay, but I mean, I mean, and, even if we, we even if we extend that a little bit further, Dodgers, Padres, Braves, Cardinals, right? Sure, sure. And then in the American League, you Yankees, got Yankees. If you want to throw the Rays in there because they've been there before, but I don't know, Yankees. Um, somebody out. Uh, I'm trying to think who else besides the Yankees. Astros maybe still look like sure. Astros would be good. So what would I have to give you? If I gave you six teams, could you pick the World Series? Probably, teams? yeah. I'll tell you what, in hockey though, I it's the if I if I give you any team and then gave you the field, I'll take the field. Take the field. And, yeah. And and I don't know that I would do that in, in in baseball. If you gave me the Dodgers or the field, I I might take the Dodgers. You know, if you gave me um in the NBA, if you gave me uh Brooklyn or the Lakers in the field, I might mm-hmm. you know it, Assuming LeBron and AD are healthy, yeah. But I tell you, in hockey, like I could, I could name. There's probably 12 teams that can win the cup, maybe more. I we've seen two eight seeds go all the way to the finals, and so when I look at the Lightning, I don't. It's not like you can get into the playoffs and like okay, they're gonna no matter how much they're reeling, they'll bury the first round team that they play. I don't know that they will. If you play, if you catch Carolina in the first round, I've seen these games this year. Against Carolina, they're good games. They're tough games to win. Yeah, you know I. And the other thing too is, do you think that some of the, if they have to play a Carolina or a Florida right early in the in the uh, series or early in the playoffs, do you think the fact that these teams have played so many times that teams like Florida or Carolina or if it's you know Columbus, Nashville, whoever makes, do you think those teams will go like, we're not afraid of these guys. We've seen these guys so many times. We know them so well. Like we played them so we played them back to back you know, five other times. Like, is is that going to yes, take Yes, I think you're, the- you're on to something right there. I do think it's just like division football, Rick, like we see it mm-hmm. in the NFL, that you become le- – You're the, less afraid you're of less the team afraid of them. in your own division. Right, yeah. because you've been – you've played them before, and you know right. what it's like to play them. I've seen teams in the NHL where, like, more superstar teams, where they come rolling into town, and you could see that they would – they physically inter- just emotionally or, or psychologically intimidate the better, other team. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, if you play a team as, on, as often as like Florida plays the lightning or yeah. as often as Carolina plays Carolina. the lightning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not only do you know each, each other's systems, but you know, their tendencies, you know how they play. 
You know their goalies right. a little bit more. Now, the one thing the Lightning does have going forward, you mentioned it, they have the best goalie in the world. So even if they don't play really well in the first round, say, say they get off he to a He get them through. He could get them through. He single-handedly could get them through. He could win two or three games. But this idea that Kucherov is going to come right back after missing however many a months year. he's been out, yeah, mm-hmm. and just all of a sudden turn into a, a point-of-game guy, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe he will, but – I don't, we don't know that, you know? So this idea that they're just going to just flip a switch come playoff time. I don't know. I, I don't think that's possible. No, I know. I do think there's something to having been through it and having the experience and not being, um, you know, not getting, uh, not, not getting panicked when you, when you fall behind early in a series or if you lose a game that you should have won, um, I think they're this emotionally and psychologically are a team that can handle a long playoff run. But look, right now, if you sit there and you watch this Lightning team and say there's no worries, I think you, I think you're kidding yourself. I I think they have some things to sort out. Let me ask you this because it just seems to me that the Lightning, and look, credit them for finding Andre Vasilevsky, and he is the best in the world. It seems to me that they get into these habits and they're exposed when he doesn't play to me when Curtis McElhaney plays like he did the other night I mean I know you said you know that's the job right I mean he doesn't get to play much he gives up seven but you know how many of those were odd man rushes just turnovers in their own that's what I'm saying you got you got your backup goalie in there you got to help him you got to right right be a good teammate yeah and not only do they not help him I think they I think that's their nature in other words they're so used to playing like this and Vassy bails them out, and we we just don't even notice anymore. Right. You're like, oh, it's one on none. Yeah, oh, great save by Vassy. Yeah, that you know when you put a mere mortal between the pipes, all of a sudden there's a seven spot up there, and you look really bad. You know, and that's that's a flaw. Like that's not a good thing. And I and I I don't know how good McElhenney is. I suspect he's not very good. I know he doesn't play much. I but that's the job. But I mean, my goodness. What what does John Cooper say after they get beat seven to two? I mean, I I mean, I, I think one thing you do is you is you is you try not to blame the goalie. The, I mean, you take the pressure off the goalie and you call out your team and say, "This is the kind of effort you're going to give in front of your yeah. in front of your backup goalie, a guy who's 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 out there every game working for you." I'll tell you what, I covered the last road trip I ever took with the Lightning before I went to Pointer. This was mm-hmm. we were sort of in between beat writers joe smith had left for the athletic and diana neros had not yet started really and they asked me to take a road trip and i and i didn't i went to uh denver uh you know colorado avalanche they played denver they played vegas and then they played arizona and lighting played this incredible game in uh in denver it was one of the best games of year colorado was really good that year i think the lightning won like i'm gonna say like two to one or something really one nothing something really good game played another really good game in vegas on a Saturday or Friday. And then he went Saturday to Arizona and Louis Domingue went in as their backup goalie. It was the fifth game of a five game road trip. It was Mm -hmm. the third game in four days. They went out there and just laid a brick. I mean, it was, they barely showed up. Louis Domingue going back, he played for Arizona at one point and this was a big deal to him. And the lighting got bombed seven to one. And after the game, we go into the locker room and we're talking to Anton Strauman or somebody. And in the back room, you could just hear a 
the training room being destroyed. And we found out <laughs> later it was Louis Domingue just went crazy. And I remember talking to Strawman later on, and he was telling me that. So in front of teammates, he just like started no, stuff? No, like, well, he went in the back room, but he just, he went nuts. Now he was, there was part of it that was like, Louis Domingue was really himself. upset that he, that he played so poorly, but it really wasn't his fault and everybody knew it. Yeah. And I remember Anton Strawman was talking to him afterwards. He's like, we really let him down. Like this was embarrassing mm-hmm. for him. He's had to sit there and take seven goals in his right. home arena and full of fans against his old team. And, and we did nothing to help him. And so John Cooper didn't have to say anything after that game. Like they felt horrible. Now, I don't know if that's the case here with McElhaney where you don't even need to say anything, but I, as a teammate, you got to help your backup going. There have been too many nights. Now, maybe as you mentioned, Rick, they get in bad habits with Vasilevsky and they think they can play that way every night. And Vasilevsky's there to make saves that nobody else in the world would save, let alone a backup goalie like McElhaney. But it's um, they need to they need to they need to button up a little bit here. Well, here's an example. So, so the other night when they when they gave up seven, they blocked two shots, <laughs> two. I mean, that almost hey feels guys. like I'm not getting hurt. <laughs> well, right. It's like the game's out of hand. I'll be damned if I'm going to take one off the knee or the ankle or anywhere else, right? I mean, is that what that is? Is that like that's ah, out? Is that? I mean, that's the white flag treatment, right? It is. And what, Nashville blocks seventeen. It's it's funny when when sometimes when a goalie gets pulled from a game, it's not that the coach is blaming the goalie. It's that he's letting the rest of his team know I'm taking the goalie out because I feel bad you for get, you guys are getting them peppered. Yeah, right. And he should be mad at you. And sometimes it'll spur a team on. But they're trying to get Vasilevsky time off here and I, I think now he's that's fine but I mean that's you got to do that right I mean you got to have him as as healthy as you can keep him I right. mean especially as you get closer to the playoffs and it is it is hard you know he plays a lot and and but they've been playing a lot of games close together and every team's doing the same thing and he's probably having arguably his best year some people I heard said you know it might be time to make make someone like him the MVP of the league forget about just the Vesna trophy sure. I mean he should maybe be the MVP of the league and and I think there's that's sound reasoning. I think there's there's a real argument for that. However, um, it speaks a little bit to just you know, you're a veteran team. You're the Stanley Cup champions. Like what is you know the process? You hear about you know, hey, you know, if we just play the right way. I mean, these guys don't need a film session to know how to play, right? And I'm no. not saying you're going to win every game, and you're going to you're going to stink it up sometimes. It's professional sports. Not everybody you know, is on their game. And sometimes other teams are really hot, you know, that day or whatever. But I don't know. It just seems to have happened really too often with backup goaltenders that this team just gives up the odd man rushes, gets gets destroyed, you know, and then, you know, and then Vassy comes back in and saves the day, you know, and then you think they're playing better, but are they? Right. He, yeah, he covers just, up a lot of – yeah, deficiencies and 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 we we'll look. We may look back at all this come playoff time and say, "What were we worried about?" But at the same time, it, this doesn't feel like a bad. They're a great team. Th- I mean, they're a great yeah, team. But it doesn't we feel like that, a bad right? two or three game stretch. It feels like it's been going on for a little bit of a, a while now. And the other concern, which you already mentioned as well, is that it's it's not as if as long as they get good by the conference finals when they finally run into somebody good. No, they're going to run into somebody good in the playoffs right away. You're going to have to be on top of your game 
from game one of the playoffs because we see what happens when when you're not. And they got about 14 games or so left, and you know they lost four in a row. They won two, and then they got beat again. You know uh, by Nashville, so they split that series. I get it, but still, when you add it all up, that's five losses in seven games. Yeah, that's not. And you know this, and you can tell me if I'm right about this. Sometimes it's not even about your record it, or or who's on top or what kind of a year a team had. Sometimes it's about who's playing the best when the playoffs start. Right. Right. And it's, Don't you need that momentum? Like I remember Columbus came in, you know, Lightning, they were in a better, you know, they they don't set a record, right, for points. But Columbus was on a was on a tear. They were streaking at that point. I remember covering uh both Jacques Lemaire and John Tortorella. And they, it's funny, like, yeah, you care about results, obviously, particularly come playoff time, because that's all that matters. But even, but during the course of the regular season, I covered both of them and there would be games where they would win and you think, okay, they're going to be in a really good mood after the game. And they were both furious. And, Mm. and Jacques Lemaire even would tell you privately, he wouldn't say it publicly, but he'd say privately, he's Mm. like, you watch, we're going to end up losing our next three or four in a row. And sure enough, they would. And then there are other games where they'd go out and they would get beat to continue a losing streak. And you think, okay, he's going to be furious. And he comes in there. He's like, no, we're good. Everything's going fine. And then the next game they come out and win. coaches can tell when, when they're going one way or the other. Now, look, I think John Cooper is a really good coach and he, and, and he has a pretty good handle on this team, but it's, um, they're not playing great hockey. Let's just admit it. They're not playing great hockey right now. Yeah. Maybe it's the doldrums. Maybe it's the injuries. Maybe it's, you know, a lot of things, right? The dog days. Um, they've been on top for so long and, and these other teams are also fighting to make the postseason, right? You know, plus um, you and I they, like being they, doom and gloom. So, and we're doom and I, I guess I'm gloom or you're gloom, whichever one's worse. That's I, just, I just don't think we can have, I don't think we'd have nice things. Tom, it was all, it was all a dream. I mean, it was all, if you're, if you're a Tampa Bay fan you're going to wake up and you're going to go, did that really happen? It's going to be like we, that movie yesterday where the guy, like nobody remembers the Beatles and right. it's going to be that's like, right. hey, remember when the, remember when Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl with Brady? And you'd be like, what? What? That never happened. They never won a I Super know. Bowl. Brady to the Bucks? Are you kidding? What drugs are you taking? Hey, speaking of the Brady and the Patriots, and, uh, I've been hearing a lot of this couple the last couple of days. Uh, Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Edelman, Julian Edelman. Hall of Famer? Not Hall of Famer. No, he's not. He's not, right? I'm with you on He's this. not, and he's not by a long way. Thank you. Yeah. Now, there's been talk. There's been a buzz about it because he is uh, a great playoff performer. I think he has the second most receptions ever, and I'm a big playoff. Besides Jerry Rice, he might have, like, you know, the most touchdowns, that kind of thing. I'm a, and I'm a big, you know me, I'm a big championship playoff type guy. I believe those count. That's mm-hmm. why, as much as I disagree with That's a lot why of people, you hate Dan Marino, I know. <laughs> well, it's I mean, I've always, you know, I've always talked about how much I respect Eli Manning's career because he won two Super Bowls. I think it matters. Um yeah. he was a caddy on the second one, but okay. 
Eli? Not Eli. Who, Eli? Oh, no, Eli. Oh, Eli. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Peyton. Oh, Peyton, yeah. Because for the longest time, you tried to tell me Peyton Manning wasn't any good because he had one. Yeah, he had only had one, I, which is what I – nuts. Which is why – And then when he won two, you go, okay, he's in the club. And I was like, wait a minute. Did you – which one of those three out of 13 third downs Three. You I think you're <laughs> – I think you're giving him too much credit. There. I think it was like one out of fifteen or something. I don't know, yeah, but don't know. Um, but I'm a big cha- I'm a big playoff guy. Like uh, I don't necessarily agree with Kurt Schilling's uh, social media work, but I really respect his postseason work. I think he that makes him a bloody sock Hall of Fame. We're in, and you know all the job he did in Arizona with the Diamondbacks. And Edelman's a great playoff performer, but boy, his regular season numbers. And the fact that he, I don't think he ever made a Pro Bowl. A Pro Bowl, let alone all I Pro Bowl. Yeah, I don't, and that's not that's not his fault. Usually what happens no, but I mean, with those. Pro Bowl. Pro, no, everybody makes yeah, the Pro Bowl. That's true. They do. And it's You're voted right. on by the players, right? Pro Bowl. Third by the players, fans, and coaches, yeah. Although, you're talking about the wide receiver position, which, you know. Right. The Julio Joneses and those guys. I, mean, I think he has like 600-some receptions for his career, which really aren't – it's not that impre- – I'm not even sure it's in the top 50 all-time. Right. I think it's like 70-something uh, all-time. The the numbers the numbers during the regular season, if you divide it up by the number of years he's played, is is not going to wow you. He was he was one of the greatest postseason players uh, at that position. He was – you know, there's some great stories about him. I and mean, first of all, he was a quarterback. Belichick didn't know where he was going to play him. He drafted him. He credits Rich Goslin, you know, Rich from the Dallas Morning News yeah. years and years and, yeah. um, for telling him about this quarterback from Kent State. And uh, when they drafted him, they said, you know, we look, we don't know where we're going to play you, but, you know, we're happy to have you. And there was a time when the guy was playing defensive back mm-hmm. at times. He was a return guy. And uh, there's a great clip of um belichick going up to west welker and saying you're gonna get wally pip do you know who wally pip is and by gosh he did because he was better than welker he was welker with wheels you know he's welker with run after the catch guy um and he was tough as hell and he played hurt and he played big in big games tremendous player and you know you know it's funny because they the word came out that the patriots had failed him on a physical because of his knees and you know, of course, the next tweet was, how fast is he going to join Brady? <laughs> I mean, and, this, and you know how fast? It took 20 minutes. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, here's a video of Edelman sitting alone in Gillette Stadium while highlight film plays. You know, uh, I think maybe this has been in the works a little bit. No, he really is retiring, you know? Yeah. So everybody kind of jumped the shark on that one. But um, look, I, I will say this. He made arguably the greatest catch in Super Bowl history. Right. You can talk about your your Lynn Swans, right, or David Tyrese with the helmet cat, all that. Mm-hmm. The catch that he makes against Atlanta when they come back from twenty eight to three, at that juncture, because I think it's third down and long, fourth down. I don't even remember what it was, but it was late, and you know he had that one pass where you know he gets pulled down. It's between his legs at one point, and he somehow. Before it hits the ground, like you know, like an inch, it was like an inch from hitting the ground. Yeah, you crazy. had to look at the replay five or six times, but like that play at that moment, and then he went on just to have a great game. Um, that that game itself and is worth his whole career. But he was a winner. Um, not the biggest guy in the world, but tough as hell. I mean, just took shots. I mean, he got concussed in one Super Bowl. Everybody knew it, and they didn't take him out. <laughs> 
I mean, the guy got up like like he was punch drunk. Right. And they didn't, you know, no one no one on the sideline was upstairs was going to tell him he couldn't play. So, yeah, he he had a great career and uh, but not a Hall of Famer. I mean, especially the receiver position, you know, and and just consider how it's going to evolve, right? Now it's a passing league. Now all these records that all these guys hold, plus we're adding a 17th game. Um, you know, I mean, it's going to be nothing for these guys, you know, to get 10,000 yards, you know. Yeah, I think uh, from future Hall of Fame bouting, I think they're going to have to look at players and you can't you can't compare them across eras anymore. No, you, know, you it's have too to hard. Yeah, you have to compare them to to players that they played against or, or in their same era, you know. Cuz you look you back at the I mean there were some guys, I, I you know Terry Bradshaw who, you know, obviously I thought a lot growing up. The number of 300 game 300 yard games he had in his career is like astonishingly low. Like I it's less of than course. it's like less than a dozen, I think. And now, yeah. guys throw for th- a dozen 300-yard games a year, you know. The 300 and a half sometimes. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, I you know, the other the thing that's amazing, like you you go back and think about Super Bowl MVPs and, and like even a guy like Joe Montana, right, who I think won three of them. In some of those games, I, Tom, I think he barely, if, if he even cracked 200 yards passing, I'm not sure he did. Tom Brady was a Super Bowl MVP this past Super Bowl. Had one of his lowest yard games he's had all season. Right. You know, just a little over 200 yards. So, um, yeah, but back then, you know, it wasn't uncommon. I mean, they, they ran the ball so much. It was a different game. And, you know, you could you could destroy receivers. How did John Lynch make the Pro Bowl or, or the Hall of Fame or nine Pro Bowls? He didn't do it because he was intercepting passes. He did it because he was knocking the hell out of people. He saw <laughs> people in it's half. a human rock and sock and robot, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, when you could hold receivers, um, light them up like, you know, Tatum and those guys and when you could do all that stuff and you could also like knock the hell out of the quarterback when I mean, these quarterbacks you know name the ones that had to leave the game because of concussions Troy Aikman Steve Young you know and these guys got out of football not because they couldn't still throw it you know they they're they, they were getting scrambled sure so it's it's a different game but um you know Welker kind of kind of caught the end of, of one era and, and melded through the, through the second part of it. Um, but yeah, the numbers and, and what people look for when you get in that room, cause I've been there one time. It's a joke, by the way. Um, I'm when glad you, get you in said there, that, by the way. Oh, it's tough. I don't, I, they'll probably never let me in again. But well, I'm and sure. I, I think, well, that's a whole other it's, podcast one day that I think they should yeah. revamp both how they like baseball hall of fame and how they do the football hall of fame. It's really tough. And hockey, but, but, for that matter. but when you're in there, it's so political, but when you're in there, what they wanted to compare is, did you make an all-decade team? Did you – how many – you know, forget the Pro, Pro Bowl. Yeah, a little bit. All-decade. Did you have a signature moment? Were you on a – were you – did you lead your team to a Super Bowl? You know, there's a lot of team stuff, which really doesn't apply to a player. But, like, you're trying to compare players and eras. You're trying to say, this guy dominated like nobody's business when he played and you know so on this guy had a short career but had he played longer he would have done this it's just really it's sometimes you get in the weeds and you know at the end of the day like john lynch waited what eight times he was a finalist like eight times seven eight times before he finally got in i assure you he didn't have one more interception he didn't hit (laughs) one more player but there's you know a pecking order there's priorities there it's political it's it's much like congress right now right you got to get a number of votes from other voters and they vote for your bill and you vote for theirs. And um, there's just a lot of that. But numbers matter. And 
you know, and and for Wes's case, even though he's a great player, Edelman he, or Edelman, I'm sorry, yeah, for Ed, for Julian's case, he he just doesn't have them. You right. know, he just doesn't have them. So, yeah, that was interesting though. And I don't know why. Why do people think that that's the thing, right? Like, if you're not a Hall of Famer, like you weren't great. He was great, right? Oh, he was. He was great, and he had, and he. uh, I mean, he played for a marquee team. You know, he played and played for a team that won championships, and so and so he was. He was obvious, obviously somebody we we watched a lot. We saw him in prime time. We saw him in big time games. We saw him in a lot of playoff games. I mean, look, partly that's why his his numbers in the playoffs are so uh, prolific is because he played in a lot. I think he played like in nineteen playoff games or something which is ridiculous but yeah. um but yeah it was an interesting conversation i'm sure people in boston will be pushing for him for uh for well they got a lot of guys but uh yeah he'll be he'll be the next patriot at some point they got they got some others they got to get in there richard seymour and some others like that so uh we've got a uh a lot going on in the news uh this coverage of of these this this trial in minnesota of course there was another uh, motorist that was shot up there um boy uh the, the the way they cover these these court uh, hearings and, and it's on live TV. It's very interesting. I don't know how you feel about high profile cases. You know these news stations. I mean, basically that's their programming for the day. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it's good. I think it's transparent. I, I like the transparency of it all. I think all high profile cases like this need to be mm-hmm. seen. Uh, I don't know right. how many people are watching it. Look, it's tough to watch, and I even get people who have Horrible. a vested interest in this case. Yeah, are, are watching it. The, there's a lot of anxiousness around it. Uh, I know I've talked to some people in Minnesota because I used to live there, and and they're they're nervous they're about nervous. what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, if depending on which Either way, way yeah. the verdict goes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, something obviously to to watch over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, the media has a lot of pundits. I didn't realize how many lawyers that that were out there willing to go on tell and tell police and and former police chiefs and such. Yeah. They get a lot. They assemble a lot of experts for these things. Absolutely. But it's fascinating. It's a court TV. So, anyway, check out Tom's newsletter on pointer.org, org, and uh, good stuff this week, Tom. Yeah, Appreciate enjoy it. talking to you. Thanks so much, Brad. <laughs>